Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. On today's program, John will be continuing his series on the book of Revelation with his message, Do Christians Have a Hedge of Protection? I read that the average American household has 2.3 televisions per home. Now, I don't know if you're over the average or under it, but I have two TVs in my house, but until about 10 years ago, I had three And the third television was in my exercise room, and every morning, not most every morning, I would try to walk on my treadmill, and I would turn the TV on, watch ESPN, watch a morning news show, something, kind of make the time go faster. One morning, I went in, and I turned the TV on, and it was dead. I mean, it didn't work at all, and I thought, now, this is going to be tough to walk on the treadmill in total silence. I've got to buy another TV because it is not God's will for anybody to live like this, right? But I thought, I can't buy it now. I'm going to have to just walk on the treadmill in silence. And so I did, and I just walked along and prayed maybe a little bit and and just thought a little bit. And when it was over with, I thought, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. And so the next morning, I I did the same thing. And, And then one morning I was walking, I had a thought run through my mind. I don't know if it was for me or God. It wasn't the devil. But the thought was, you know, really, you shouldn't even get another TV. You've already got two And what you should do during this 30-minute treadmill time, instead of watching the sports, you should use this time to pray. I don't know how you do your devotions, whether you do them in the morning or at night, your Bible reading, but I, I prefer to do mine in the morning. I read a devotional book. I read from the Bible. And then I normally pray. And so for me to jump up on the treadmill after I've read my Bible is really good because it gives me time to think about what I have read, to process it, kind of apply it to my life. And then I have a little time to pray for me, pray for my family, pray for whatever's on my heart on that particular day. And one of the things that I have probably prayed for our, my family for at least 10 years, maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years, but for a long time, I say this to God. I say, God, I pray that you would place a a hedge, a shield of protection around us, around my dad, my mom, my brother, my sister-in-law, Charlie Joe, little Joel, around me. And God, I say, God, I pray you put a hedge around us and that no sickness and no disease would ever invade any of our bodies. And God, if it were to invade any of our bodies, I just pray you would reach down and pull it out. Keep us healthy and strong and free from disease. I pray that many times during the week. God, keep us safe. Send angels to protect us and watch over us. Now, I tell you that story today not to bore you with my morning routine. I tell you that story today to raise this question. Do Christians have a protective shield around us? This whole thing about a hedge of protection. I've heard that expression all my life, about a hedge of protection. The question is, do we have one? Well, the answer is yes. And if you'll open your Bibles to John chapter 10, I want us to get into that just a little bit more. Yes, if you are saved, you have a hedge of protection around you. You have God Almighty Forming a protective hedge, keeping you safe, keeping you healthy, keeping your house from flooding. I believe that. 
keeping disasters and tragedies from coming into your life. There is a protective hedge that is around you. In fact, this hedge is not just a one-layer hedge. Instead, it is a five-layer hedge. And I want us to think about that today. So beginning in John chapter 10 and in verse number 28, we're going to read about the first layer in this hedge of protection. And the verses are going to be on the screen if you'd rather look to the screen. But I'm going to just look them up in my Bible. John 10 verse 28. Jesus said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of, and what are the next two words in your Bible? My hand. Here's what this means. When you got saved, you were placed into the hand of Jesus Christ. Not only did his spirit come to live in you, you were placed in his hand. I don't know anywhere safer than the hand of Jesus. And so that is the first layer in your hedge of protection. Verse 29, though, tells us about a second layer in this hedge, and that is we're in God the Father's hand. Look in verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And so if you're saved, not only are you in Jesus' hand, God the Father has placed His hand over Jesus' hand, and so you are doubly protected. The only thing that could ever get to you, it would have to come through the Father's hand and through Jesus' hand. An illness, an accident, a disease, it would have to come through both of their hands. So you're doubly protected. But not only are you doubly protected, you're triply protected. Look in verse, in chapter number 14, it's real close by, John chapter 14, beginning in verse 16, we read about a third layer in this hedge of protection, and that is the Holy Spirit who is living in our hearts. He is there uh, not only to, to save us and to comfort us and to be with us. He's Christ in the spirit form, but he's also there to protect us. John 14, verse 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And so the Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ in spirit form. And when you were saved, he came to live in your heart. Not only to help you, not only to guide you, not only to teach you, not only to convict you of sin, but also to protect you. So think about how safe you are. Think about it. Talk about a strong hedge. Jesus' hand. The Father's hand, the Holy Spirit living in you, protecting you from all manner of disease, illness, all kind of things, you're safe in their hands. But there's a fourth layer in this protective hedge, and that is the angels. We are surrounded by the angels. Now, if you'd like to, turn to Psalm 34 and verse number 7, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And most nights before I turn over and go to sleep, as I'm turning over, I pray this. I say, God, I pray, Psalm 34, 7, that the angel of the Lord would surround my house tonight, protecting me, keeping me safe from anybody that would try to do me any harm. Psalm 34, 7, look at the verse. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers 
them. And so we have a fourth layer in this protective hedge. Now we got the angel. This is the angel of the Lord. Some Bible translations capitalize the word angel because those translators think this is an Old Testament reference to Jesus. And so that Jesus here is the angel of the Lord. But turn to Psalm 91. I want to show you one other verse. And in verse number 11, it's interesting, yesterday in my own Bible reading, I was reading in Psalm 91, and I came across verse 11, I thought, well, I'm going to be preaching about that tomorrow morning, but look at this, Psalm 91, 11. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And so God, there, there are so many angels in heaven that they can't even be counted what the scripture says. And so God has commanded his angels to do what? To surround you, to be a protective hedge around you and your family and your house and your car. There's this protective hedge. It's invisible to you. We can't see the angels, but they are there to protect us and to keep us safe. So think about the question is, do we have a protective hedge? Yes, we do. Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit living in us, the angels who are surrounding us. But the fifth layer of this hedge is the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, turn to Revelation chapter 12 because we are on these Sunday mornings working our way through this book. And yet last week, we slowed it down a little bit and spent a whole sermon in one verse. And that is the 11th verse we read last week about how it is possible for us to overcome the enemy with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I did a whole sermon last week talking about how when the devil accuses you of all the things you've ever done wrong, recently or long ago, makes you feel so rotten and dirty and hypocritical and he just condemns you and all the ways that we've all failed, that the way to overcome those accusations of the devil is by the blood of the Lamb. Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. What does that mean? It means that when we're accused by the devil, instead of arguing with the devil, instead of letting him just beat us down, feeling like a worm of the earth, what do we say? We say that sin is under the blood. Those sins are under the blood. We let the blood of Jesus Christ speak for us. Because if we make an excuse for our sin, if we say it's not as bad as some other sin, if we blame somebody else for our sin, the devil will continue to have victory. But if we can learn to say to the devil, devil, the blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven me and cleansed me for that sin and every other sin that, I'm ever, that I've ever committed, and I'm letting his blood speak for me. I'm letting his blood be my defense. If we'll do that, we'll have victory. It is the only way that we can overcome the devil when he accuses us. But think about this. The devil doesn't just accuse us. That's one of the major things he does. He accuses us and makes us feel bad for our sins. But that's not his only method to attack the children of God. One of the things the devil will do is he will bring problems into our lives. He will cause all kinds of things to happen in the life of a believer. And what he's trying to do is to get us to question God, to doubt the goodness and faithfulness of God. He's trying to get us to turn away and walk away from God. And he's trying to ruin our witness for Jesus Christ. Now, I know that's not encouraging. It's discouraging to think that the devil wants to destroy your life. And he does. But the good news is he can't do it it because we have this protective hedge around us. Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the angels, and now we have the blood of Jesus Christ as the fifth layer in our protective hedge. Now, most of the time when we think about the blood of Jesus, we think about a cleansing agent 
that washes our sins away. And that's indeed what it is. And that is the primary function and purpose of the blood, to cleanse us from all sin. But did you know the Bible teaches the blood does more than just cleanses us? The, the, the blood does more than that. And one of the things that the blood does is the blood protects us and the blood keeps bad things from happening to us. Now, another verse, if we could look at in Exodus chapter 12. I want to read you one verse from Exodus chapter 12. We're familiar with the passage about the Passover and how God had said to Moses, tell all the Israelites to take a little lamb to sacrifice that lamb, to take the blood of that lamb, to put it on the doorpost and across the horizontal beam at the top. And tonight at midnight, when the death angel passes through Egypt, when he sees the blood, he will pass over that house and the firstborn in that house will not be killed. And so what God was really saying to Moses is, Moses, the blood, that Passover lamb was a picture of the coming blood of Jesus. And God was saying, Moses, that blood has a protective quality. And if the blood is on the doorpost of the house, no harm will come to that household. Now look in chapter 12 and verse 11. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so God said, when I see that blood, everybody's safe. Nobody's going to be killed in that house. And so the blood not only cleanses us and saves us, but the blood protects us. It is the fifth layer on the hedge that we have around us, keeping us from all kind of disaster and tragedy and all the bad things that the devil would like to bring into our life. Which leads me to say, friend, if you're saved, you are protected. You are safe You are covered with this protected hedge. And let me go ahead and make this statement. Look in your bulletin. The first major point I want to make this morning in this message is this. Until we get to heaven, we'll never know all the things that we've been protected from. You see, I believe that, well, I know that statement's true. I believe that in my life and in your life, God has protected us from accidents that we should have been in. And somehow the accident didn't happen. I can think of two or three times in my life where I should have been in an accident. And yet somehow the moment of danger passed and nobody hit my car. And I can remember one time coming back to the church from the medical center years ago. I was at the 610 loop and I was turning left coming off of Main Street. I was coming down Main, turning left to get on the 610 loop. And when I turned left, there was a car coming probably 70 or 80 miles an hour that I didn't see. And I took the left turn and saw that car too late. And I thought, man, he's fixing to hit me. And five seconds later, the moment of danger had passed. And now I'm on the feeder road to get on the 610 loop. And I thought, God, how in the world did that car not hit me? And I said, well, I know the answer to that question. You have protected me. You kept me safe. And I've had a couple of those, and you probably have in your life. I'm saying we have a protective shield around us. You don't know how many illnesses God has kept you from getting. Now, you know the ones you have, but you don't know the ones you didn't have. You don't know that maybe a cancer was developing in your body, and God just put it to bed. God just said, I'm not going to let that develop. I'm just going to touch those cancer cells that are beginning to act up, and I'm going to kill them. I'm going to destroy them. He'll never know it. She'll never know it, but I'm going to keep them safe. So you don't know that. You don't know maybe sometime somebody was planning on robbing your house, or somebody was planning on breaking into your car, somebody planning on shooting you. Maybe somebody's planning on killing you. 
You don't know what an evil plan may have come against you. And yet God looked down from heaven and God said, I'm not going to let it happen. There's a protective shield. This child of God is in Jesus' hand. They're in the Father's hand. Holy Spirit's in them. Angels around them. The blood of Jesus is in their heart. And I'm not going to let this person hurt them or damage them in any way. And so what I'm saying is until we get to heaven, we'll never know all the things that we have been protected from. You say, now, John, that's all very interesting. And I'm thankful that we have this, shield, this hedge of protection. And I'm sure glad you didn't get hit by that car on Main Street when you were turning left there to get on the 610 loop. But how do you explain other people have been injured in a car accident? How do you explain that other people have gotten cancer? Well, let me ask you a question. How do you explain it? I'm saying to you, I've prayed for 10 or 20 or 30 years for a hedge of protection around my family. How do you explain that in the last five or six years, my sister-in-law was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, I had kidney cancer, and my mother had lymphoma? Now, what happened to the hedge? I mean, if there's a hedge keeping all these things away, what in the world happened to that hedge of protection? Well, nothing happened to it. We say, how do you explain those three cancers? Well, first of all, I thank God he's healed all three of us from those cancers. But I'll say this, as far as the cancers themselves coming into our bodies, here's what the Scripture teaches. Before they got to my sister-in-law, before one of them got to me, and before the lymphoma got to my mother, they had to pass through this five-layer hedge. They had to come through Jesus. Jesus had to sign off on it and say, I'm going to let these cancers come through. God the Father had to say, you know what? Jesus and I certainly are always of the same mind, and we're in the same mind here. I'm going to let these cancers come through. The Holy Spirit said we're the three in one, the God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit said, I'm in agreement with the Father. I'm in agreement with Jesus. We're going to let these cancers pass through. The angels who are surrounding us, protecting our bodies, protecting our organs, protecting our cells, what do the angels do? The angels said, hey, we work for God. And if God has decided to let them come through, we're going to let them come through. And the blood of Jesus, the fifth layer of this protective hedge, the blood of Jesus said, in effect, I'm going to let it come through. But here's what I want you to see today. When those three cancers pass through Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the angels, the fifth layer was the blood of Jesus Christ. And here's what I want you to see. When those cancers pass through the blood of Christ, as they pass through the blood, those cancers became sanctified. And they became, what does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be set apart. And so what does the blood do? It sanctifies, it purifies, it cleanses, it washes away. The blood takes things that are unholy and bad. And when those those things touch the blood, what does the blood do? The blood sanctifies them and sets them apart for God's purposes. Now, when it comes to our sins, what does the blood do? Blood just obliterates our sins and takes them away. When it comes to the circumstances I'm describing now, the blood doesn't necessarily make the circumstances go away, but the blood sanctifies the difficult things in our lives. And it's not just cancer. We've all been through things. And I I think of other things I've been through in my life, and I think, God, how in the world could you have let me go through this? How in the world, God, could could, could, could something like this have happened in my life? And what I'm learning is, and what God is revealing through His Word is, Anything that comes into your life has to pass through the blood. And when it passes through the blood, it is sanctified. It is set apart for God's purpose. And so even if it was something that the devil intended to use for bad, God ultimately will use it for good. Now, a couple of Bible examples. Go to Job chapter number 1. I want you to see something. 
It's interesting, between services this morning, Dad and I were talking about this sermon. He said, I'll tell you, there's a verse in Job you could use that's a perfect illustration of what you're talking about. And so uh, I looked it up between services, and lo and behold, he's right. He's exactly right. So I want, us to sh- I want to show you this this morning. You know how Job was a good and godly man, and in verse 1 it says uh, that Job was, uh, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evils. Job was a good, good man. Verse 6, now there came a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Now the devil's in heaven. This is after he's been cast out of heaven, but as we've said, he still has access to heaven. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered to the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in all the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Now look at verse 10. This is what my dad was telling me about between services. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse your face. He will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hold on his person. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So Satan goes to God and says, Job's got this protective hedge. No wonder he praises you. No wonder he worships you. Job never has any problems in his life. He said, but God, if you let that hedge down, you let me bring some problems into Job's life, Job's going to curse you to your face. God basically said to Satan, you don't know Job as well as I do. You think Job serves me because of how good I've been to him. What you don't understand is Job serves me because he loves me. His heart is pure. He's not just serving me because he didn't have any problems. And so God allowed the devil to rattle Job's cage to bring some problems into his life. Health problems, lost his kids, which is the worst imaginable thing that could ever happen. All these things, he lost his finances, his, his money, his livestock. It was a terrible thing that Job went through. But what I'm wanting you to see is today, before the devil brought any of those things into Job's life, they had to pass through the protective hedge. And part of the hedge, even for Old Testament saints, is the blood of Jesus Christ. You say, well, now, wait a second. Jesus hadn't even shed his blood yet. Well, not in actuality, but in the mind of God he had. Because the Bible says that Jesus is the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. And so Old Testament saints, they were saved by the blood of Jesus just like we are. They just look forward to it. We look backwards to it. But the blood's the only thing that ever saved anybody. And so Job, in an Old Testament sense, had the blood of Jesus Christ as part of that protective hedge around him. And so when Satan began to bring these problems into Job's life, those problems had to get God's permission, first of all. And one of the things they had to pass through was the blood of Christ. When they passed through the blood, they became sanctified for God's purpose. Well, we're going to have to stop right there for today. We've run out of time, but I want us just to think about what we've been listening to. And I want you to think about that problem in your life right now. And you've been asking God, God, why did you allow this problem into my life? Why have you allowed this illness? Or why have you allowed this financial problem? Well, God, why have you allowed this problem in my family or in this other relationship? God, why are you allowing my heart to be so broken at this time? Well, I'm not saying that's a bad question, but I'm saying there might be a better question. And that is, God, 
what do you want to accomplish through this situation that I'm now facing? Remember what we've been thinking about in the sermon. Anything that comes into the life of believer of a believer has to pass through a hedge of protection. And part of that hedge is the blood of Jesus Christ. And when that situation that you're currently facing passed through the blood of Christ, it became sanctified and it became set apart for God's purposes. And so it doesn't matter really if the problem came from the devil or if somebody else caused your problem or if you caused your own problem or even if circumstances uh, totally beyond anybody's control is what caused your problem. The fact is when it came into your life, it passed through the blood. And so now that problem is being used by God for his purposes. And so I would encourage you to ask God, what do you want to accomplish in my life? And God may just say, I want to draw you closer to me. God may say, I want you to get saved through this. But turn to God, ask him what he wants to accomplish, and let him do that. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message, Do Christians Have a Hedge of Protection, along with many others on our website, peacebybelieving.org, under the broadcast tab. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.